All right, week five preview for college football. This is Stupid vs. the Spread. I'm Alex. That's Mike. Let's dive right into it. Um, first big storyline of the week, Mike. Colorado football was not very good this past weekend. Oregon kind of put the brakes on the hype train. What would you think uh, leaning into it? I mean, this was like what we sort of expected. Um I, you could tell that game was over almost immediately. Uh, I agree with anybody, that statement. Yeah. For anybody who watched that game, as soon as Miami – or uh, not Miami um, – Oregon goes down the field on the first drive, scores, and then immediately Colorado goes three and out and looks quite lost on uh, on offense. You could tell the game had the potential to get ugly. Um, yeah, I mean, there's still a long way to go at – Colorado, I think everybody knew that. I think Dion handled it well. Um, I think Dan Lanning is fun. Uh, I know that his yeah, he was he was getting into it a little bit. Yeah, his pregame speech went viral, and then like some ironically, like, yeah, I think uh, he he addressed some um, comments that were made by Skip Bayless. I forget what the context was, um, but he's he's fun. I like him. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was really all I had. Like Oregon's good. Um, it doesn't mean Colorado isn't good. Uh, they just they need guys up front, and until they get those guys up front, they're not going to be able to beat the best teams in the country. And really, they're not going to be able to play with them. So, I mean, it feels like something we already knew, but this is definitely confirmation that they have a long way to go. I thought I I thought the offense would score more. Um, I, I think the emotional burden of like the hunter injury and coming off yeah. the, the Colorado State win and then having to go play a much, 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 much better team. Um, I think it all just added up. I think Colorado's probably not as bad as what they put on tape, uh, but it just it, it went about as we thought it was going to go. Well, yeah, I think it shows that Travis is important to the offense and defense, but I think it also kind of shows, you know, what we knew, which was Colorado has a, has a lot of work to do and certainly isn't um, the number one school in the Pac-12 by any means. Um, still proud of what Dion's done to the program. I think it's good for college football. You know, I think these revitalizations of, of once awesome programs is, is very good. Um, not such a great game, I would say, but that, that happens. Uh, you know, they give us three good ones and, and maybe you get a bad one. A great game, however, was the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, especially how it finished. Ohio State, for those of you who didn't watch, uh, wins in a walk-off, run-it-in-the-end-zone scenario um, for a pretty incredible win. Um, would you would you think of, like, did you think the end of the game was reflective of who should have won? And, you know, where do you see these two teams going forward? Because I, I, yeah. let me preface this, I I very much thought Ohio State was much worse than they actually were. Um, I did not think they would beat Notre Dame. Hand up, I didn't think that. I I don't think they'll have a chance against Michigan, regardless. But I, I thought Notre Dame would come in and win this pretty handedly at home. No, I think I think Ohio State has potential to be a lot better than they showed. I mean, that was a I, I you got to give their defense a lot of credit. They were able to stop the run when they needed to against Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's flaws were what at part of it was play calling. I I didn't understand why Notre Dame wasn't trying to take more shots down the field, um, because they were early in the season they were using a lot of play action to 
after they would they would establish the run, they would use that to set up play action and take those deep shots with Hartman. And I think it probably it's because they realize that Ohio State has the kind of athletes that can cover their wide receivers, which is what you know what we talked about going into the game, and that's why they mm-hmm. throw the ball much vertically. Um, but I. I still think that Notre Dame did a good job running the football and moving the ball somewhat consistently. They, I mean, they, there were what, like five failed fourth down conversions in this game from like fourth of one. Like I think, I think most of the possessions of the game ended in the opponent's territory yet. They, the total here was what, like 17, 14. So uh, it was just, it was a strange game from that perspective. The reason I, I think, Notre Dame played a very good game to win it. I thought Ohio State did not play their best football and found a way to win, which you have to give them credit for because you, it seems like that would be the kind of game that normally Ohio State lose. lose. Yeah, especially yeah. in a game uh, against a team that physical. So I give them a lot of credit. I think they can get better. I think that win is huge for McCord's confidence. Uh, as long as Harrison Jr. is healthy, maybe this offense starts to pick it up a little bit. And if they can, because the defense has been so good, um, I think they've got real potential. Uh, I, you know, you got to wait and see it against Michigan. Um, Like nobody, I don't think anybody should be picking them to win that game until they just go do it, especially the way they played them recently. Mm -hmm. Um, But clearly they have a chip on their shoulder. They've heard the noise. And I mean, Ryan Day's like, wanted to fight Lou Holtz uh, while he was asleep <laughs> at one thirty in the morning. Um, but yeah, but I think it speaks to a larger point that they've heard the noise and I, I think they they're playing with something to prove, especially defensively. So I see more potential in Ohio state um, going forward. I, that doesn't mean Notre Dame can't make the playoff. They just have to run pretty much run the table now. Um, and they'll, they'll, but if they do, they'll be in because they're going to have wins over USC and Clemson and Duke and, some other good teams on there, you know, if they are, if they are able to find a way to win them all. So um, their season's by no means over. I was just disappointed in Notre Dame. The the 10 men on the field thing, I, like everybody made such a big deal about that. I, that's one of those where it sort of happens. This isn't like Billy Napier, like with the two number threes on the field, where I think it's indicative of a poor coach. And trust me, it's not good. But I think I, I at least understand that in, you know, as this game is happening, like like mistakes like that can just happen. And once you, they figured it out by all accounts in between the first and second play, so they couldn't just run the guy on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they were just stuck in a bad spot. And obviously Ohio State took advantage, but you can't run the dude out there because if he doesn't make it to the line of scrimmage, and don't forget, you can only go down to the 20. So he's got to run all the way to get onside. If he's offside... Yep you give them another shot to score the game winning touchdown because they're going to get a free play. So uh, like it is what it is. I didn't think it was that egregious. I, I was just, I was more impressed because I didn't think McCord had that drive in him and he, he pulled it off. They converted, I think two third downs and a fourth down on that. Yeah. That's, that's really, I mean a pretty, pretty impressive drive to finish out the game in what was like a smash mouth, like in your face, run it down your throat kind of game between the two teams. Right. Like, I, I thought that was pretty impressive. That impressed me from bo- both sides of the ball, how those defenses played, how they kept each other in check. Uh, I would have liked to see a little more from Notre Dame's offense, but yeah, I agree. I, I don't hate the assessment that it's not, you don't crucify them for, I mean, you shouldn't be changing your schemes in that situation. I get it's goal line, but 
so in in essence, it is coaching still. But yeah, I agree. Like you can't inherently, without understanding the mechanics, unless the offense was substituting, you you probably aren't trying to match in that situation. So matching in the beginning at all when they're not substituting is is not a smart move. Yeah. But, um. No, I, I don't mean, know if you. The only other thought I had, Sam Hartman was 17 and 25, but for 175 yards. That's like, for the, you brought the guy in to win games like this, and you've got to put the ball a little bit more on his shoulders. Now, they ran the ball decently well, and they had a lot of backs involved, but, uh, but yeah, that's just not going to get it done. Yeah, and especially in a, in a, in a college football league or leagues, conferences, whatever you want to call it, in a game where passing really does make your offense that much better. I, like, I think 25 is a very low number for a very, very good quarterback on a very good team with a decent passing offense, yeah. no matter who the opponent is. Like, you can't tell me that they walked away from that satisfied with the offense's performance. And I think that, I think, honestly, I was watching it and I was like, Notre Dame's running the ball a little too much for the successes that they were seeing on the, in the air, but uh, you will get to the games here in a minute. You speaking of coaching uh, had a, a very, very stern uh, conversation in your mind. <laughs> yeah, with Dabo, I, was, sweetie. I was losing my mind about Dabo. Um, so let's I, set I the pulled, stage for us. Yeah. I pulled up the play by play here. So obviously Florida state goes on to win this game in overtime, 31, 24. Um, they, we've got to get something out of the way. Florida State, this, this is a good win, but Florida State didn't win this game. Clemson lost this game. They, they couldn't pick up late blitzes to save their life. They gave up a, a scoop and score off of a delayed blitz and they, Klubnik just kept getting crushed. And like, that's a, that is offensive adjustments. You like, you have to be able to see what they're doing and be able to make the adjustment as a coaching staff. To, to stop that from happening. Regardless, they're still in a position to win the game. So uh, the story starts here. It's 24-24. FSU gets the ball. Eight minutes left. Third and 10 from their own 18. Jordan Travis throws a complete pass to Johnny Wilson for nine yards. He's two, two yards short of the sticks. They get a Florida State gets a penalty for holding. It's fourth, it's fourth and two from your own... From Florida State, Florida State is the ball. It's fourth and two for them from their own 26-yard line. Dabo takes the penalty. Why would you take the penalty? It's 24-24. <laughs> Brandon Staley is the coach of Florida State. Like, he is going to punt the ball. <laughs> they, they take the penalty and make them replay third down. So now it's third and 12 for Florida State from their own 14-yard line. Clemson isn't lined up on defense because, of course, they're not because the defensive coordinator didn't think he'd have to call a play on third and 12 when you just got to stop to force fourth down. So they're not lined up on defense. They have to burn – Clemson has to burn a timeout. Dabo's losing his shit at his D.C. when he's the one who put him in that position. So they burn a timeout. They end up getting a sack. So it doesn't matter then. I'll get back to that. It doesn't matter then. But they burnt the timeout and forced the punt anyway. So Clemson gets the ball. They are clearly intent to take the air out of the football and put the game on their kicker who was in business school four days before to try to win this game. So they go all the way down the field. They're, they march the entire way. And on they get the clock down to 229 
when they take a first and 10 at the FSU 12. They run the ball at Will Shipley for a loss. They let all the time bleed off the clock. A minute 55 left. It's second and 11. If that's the plan, keep running the ball. But, right, right. <laughs> but Kate Klubnick throws an incomplete pass on second down. It's a free timeout. So instead of, instead of Florida State having to take two timeouts and that set of downs to get the ball back with any meaningful amount of time, they throw, they throw an incomplete pass, then they run it on third. So Florida State has to, only has to take one timeout. So, so Clemson trots the field goal team out. Of course, they miss it anyway. So it's still 24-24, but now Florida State has the ball on their own 13-yard line or, some, or their own 25-yard line after the kick, but they have a minute and 43 seconds left and two timeouts. They can go down the field and kick a, a game-winning field goal. And they had a great kicker. So they drive magically, magically, Dabo's mistakes don't come back to roost at that point because fourth and 10 from Clemson's 45, Jordan Travis throws an incomplete pass down the field to Keon Coleman, like 30 yards downfield. I don't know why they're not just trying to get to the sticks, but they throw a deep shot and they don't get it, right? Clemson gets the ball back with 16 seconds left and one timeout. They've only got to go 25 yards. You can run three plays. You know how you could have ran four or five plays? If you had two timeouts, but yep. you don't because you burnt one <laughs> seven minutes ago on a, on a situation you weren't even supposed to be in. So they can't go down and try to score. They can't go down and try to kick a game-winning field goal again of their own because they don't have enough timeouts to go 25 yards. They end up going overtime. They lose immediately. It, like, I couldn't believe the incompetence of a man who has won so many close games and been in such high-leverage situations to just completely mismanage that in the fourth quarter. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I Like, that's why I say if Clemson manages this game even remotely better down the stretch, they should have won. There there was no reason why they couldn't have kicked that field goal with, like, a minute left, and you know you're that's the end of the game. Or, like, gone down the field and tried another one. They had enough time to do it again. It was just – it was moronic. Moronic. Yeah, there were a couple of decisions in there that did not did not make sense. And I and full disclosure, I wasn't, you know, glued to the game like you were. I, I was uh preoccupied. So like it, you were texting me the uh play by play of Dabo's repeated stupid decisions and I was genuinely floored. So I I look up my FSU minus two bet hit, but uh at what cost? So did mine. I was I was not mad at it, but wow, what a uh yeah, no, just an impressive string of bad coaching decisions. And honestly, it's weird because I feel like we've seen that a lot this year early on in both NFL and college from, like, good coaches. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's roll into our games. Uh, we got a pretty decent slate this week, Mike, coming down from the um, insanity, let's call it, of last week. Uh, we'll start off a fantastic Friday night matchup, 8 p.m. Uh, I'm sorry, 9 p.m. Eastern. Utah at Oregon State on Friday. Uh, Utah is plus three and a half. Over under is 44 and a half from what I see. No major concerns with the weather. Uh, Mike, obviously Cam Rising being in or out is a huge deal. And right now what they're telling us is that he's splitting reps with other members of the squad uh, in practice. Do you have a play here? And who do you like? I do. Uh, I am on Oregon State. So, the yes, Cam Rising splitting the first team reps with Nate Johnson, who's the backup. Um, 
the I, this is that has been the p- practice plan for the past couple weeks, and he hasn't played. Utah has a bye week. This is a short week, but they have a bye week coming up, and then they get Cal at home before they get USC. So, if I'm reading the tea leaves here, I don't think Rising plays. I, I like short week on the road, tough defense. You already beat UCLA, so you're not under a sense of urgency where you can, if you're looking at it this way, worst case, you know, if you're Utah, you lose this game. You're not out of anything. You're not, you, you don't remove yourself from the Pac 12 championship game. You don't remove yourself from the playoff because if you win, if you win out, you can still get in. But if you, I just, it doesn't seem like the spot to rush rising back. Um, but to me, this is more, the line is a little bit skewed because. Utah was able to get a win against UCLA um, and Oregon state obviously lost a tough road game to, uh, to Washington state up in in Pullman, which was why we sort of talked about last week, staying away from that line because Pullman uh, is a weird place to play. Um, We, we were, I think I, I, were you on UCLA? I I mean, obviously I was, Um, I was, no, no, no. I was, I was opposite. Oh yeah. So you got it. Yeah. But to me, Oregon State loses, Utah wins. This is just a principle of inverses. But on top of that, Utah won predominantly because they were able to confuse and befuddle a freshman, true freshman quarterback playing his first conference road game in Utah. Um, yeah, it's tough. Which, it's tough. Which I thought that he would be able to overcome, but Utah didn't win this game offensively. And that is just not going to be the same set of factors that goes into this game in Corvallis. It's going to be a Friday night. They're going to be at home. They're still ranked. It should be a juiced-up atmosphere for Oregon State. And they have a veteran quarterback in DJU uh, who's been playing pretty well. So I I just like the, those factors weighing in, front of, in favor of Oregon State. I think this line is devalued because of the way these two teams played last week. Um, Vegas, I think, tends to agree with me. Um, I, I believe the 90. splits are. Two percent of the cash is on Oregon State. I see. Yeah, so fifty-five percent of the money is on Utah, but ninety-three percent of the cash is on Oregon State, and, and that's I. I was on Oregon State before I even looked at those. That it only affirms what I believe. Um, so I'm on Oregon State minus three and a half when I go place my legal wagers in Virginia. Uh, so I'm actually going to go with the the sucker move here. I'm going to take Utah with some points. It's not so much a um, belief in immediately like Cam's going to be 100%. He's going to play 100%. Uh, it's more to the fact that I just think Utah has uh, not intangibles, but they they have football luck this year, it seems like. Um, and uh, I, I just, if you're giving me the points on a Friday night, I'll take them. Uh, I think Oregon State's a very good team. I would be very surprised if Oregon State doesn't win this game, especially if Cam Rising doesn't start. Um, but I, if you're giving me three and a half points, Utah's defense is good. Their offense has shown they can score. Um, so I'll take the points. I'm gonna, this is going to be a half-unit play, no, nothing big. Um, but I, I do enjoy... Uh, watching the Utes uh, get out there. So a bit of an emotional play, but yeah, it, give me give me Utah with three and a half points. Uh, I I certainly understand it. I just, I've been a, a big fan of Oregon State, um, so I'm going to go down with the ship. They'll be in the burn book if they lose this game. Um, but for now, I'm riding them. 
Next matchup, we're moving on to Saturday. USC at Colorado. Colorado obviously coming off a very tough loss. Uh, noon kickoff. Spread is minus 21 and a half for USC. Um, and over under 73 and a half. Mike, do you think... So, interestingly enough, uh, Travis was saying he he's like insisting he plays in this game. I don't think he'll actually get medically cleared to play football having a lacerated internal organ not two weeks ago um but w- what do you think about colorado at home here where are you are you confident that usc is going to cover three touchdowns plus a kicker um i don't know that i'm confident that they'll do it but i think they probably will um i, I think this line the line i think opened closer to 24 and got and is getting bit down i don't really know why um because I don't know who who watched last week and said I want to lay, uh, I want to lay my hard earned dollars on Colorado against another top five offense, um, but it uh yeah I I think some people were saying it, the line I think has been devalued because of the way USC played late night against Arizona State, um. And I think maybe some people are thinking that they're in a little bit of a funk. I I don't think it was like a look ahead spot or anything, but I think it, it's just one of those games where USC sort of slept walk through it. And the same like those happened mm-hmm. to Caleb Williams at uh, Oklahoma too. I remember he had one game against Kansas where they went to Kansas, and it was just like one of the ugliest performances I've seen him play. Um, so he ha- he's capable of laying a snoozer out there every once in a while. Um, to me, it's just, I, I don't have a play, but I would lean, um, I would lean USC in the over, um, 73 and a half is a lot, but 92% of the cash is on the over despite only 52% of the tickets. And it's just like a number that they're daring you to take. Um, I think what we're, what we're going to be interested to see is if Colorado can perform offensively, um, I think USC is going to get theirs. Like they, they, they're not going to have to deal with much of a pass rush. Caleb Williams is one of the best mobile quarterbacks in college football anyway. So even if they do get some sort of pass rush, he'll be able to maneuver around it. Um, their guys on the outside are not going to be able to hold up against some of these weapons. Um, and I think that, you know, I think Bud Elliott on the cover three podcast made a good point is that Colorado, because of all the juice they've gotten early in the year, is going to get everybody's best shot. Um, but they're a team that's like, you know, six and six, seven and five, eight and four caliber, not Georgia. Like Georgia is used to getting everybody's best shot because they're Georgia. But Colorado has one win last year. And now they're they're catching everybody's best effort because of all the hype surrounding them. Yeah, I think that's yeah. just a tough position to be put in week after week. Um, but more so, this is just USC is a really good offense and Colorado – as we saw last week, if they can't keep up, it gets ugly fast. So gets ugly um, fast. Agreed. Yeah, I don't have a play here because I think it's possible that that was just like you know that was the bottom of the dip, and you know Colorado might swing back up and and keep this within three scores. Um, but I I don't know. I I don't have much faith in that, and I don't necessarily think that that's like the worst thing ever. I so I'm gonna roll with the under here. Um. 73 and a half is a very high end score, obviously. Um, and I just don't know with 
Colorado's injuries with it struggling against maybe much better teams. Uh, let's call it what it is aside from TCU. Uh, I, you know, I, I think they're going to struggle against some of these better PAC 12 teams and they have a lot of them coming up. This is like a slug fest for the rest of the PAC 12 for the rest of the year. Um, so I see USC coming out on top here. I don't see uh, Colorado scoring that much. I'm indifferent about whether USC does or not. I just don't think combined these teams are going to get 73 and a half points or 74 points. Um, so I'm going to take the under. Uh, and I I could see why people are leaning uh, and why the line jumped for USC so high. It opened up at 14 and a half, got up to 21 and a half. Um, it's more to the fact that I just, like you were saying, Caleb Williams at times can come out slow. 21 and a half is a lot to cover. If you let Colorado stick around, they're going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that still bodes well for the under. So give me under 73 and a half here and, and I'll just ride it out. Hoping that this isn't a shootout. Yeah. I think you probably like, you need a shootout to get to that number. Obviously, you need, yeah, you, you, need you, you need Colorado to put up 30 at least. And I don't yeah, think that's probably, happening. Yeah, they've got to get into the 30s. And that's just like if you watch that game last week, you have no optimism that they can do that. this week. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Next game. Same time. Florida at Kentucky. Florida is plus one and a half plus two. Um, so even the over under hovering around 44. No concerns about weather. It's at uh, Kroger Field in Lexington. Um, Kentucky low key, very doing very well this year. Um, Mike, who who do you, who do you like here? I'll I'll give you my two cents real quick and I'll let you finish up. I like Kentucky in this spot. I mean, Florida has been playing. Okay. I don't think there's anything that's wildly impressed me. Uh, I thought them losing to Utah in the beginning of the year was probably their most difficult game. I mean, I'll give, I'll give them credit. They they did beat Tennessee pretty handedly as five point dogs. Um, I just didn't. I thought that was more on a bad Tennessee performance than a good Florida one. And I don't think that you know beating FCS teams aside from that is indicative of like a fantastic team. Meanwhile, Kentucky's coming off of uh, some pretty strong performances. I just I see them more as like a three point favorite. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kentucky minus one here, but I I really like Kentucky in the spot at home, undefeated. Crowd's gonna go crazy. Um, I, I I would have difficulty seeing Florida come out on top here. Yeah, this line is a little bit all over the place. Um, PFF, yes, no, sorry, PFF does have it at one. Yeah, I I I'm with you. I lean Kentucky. Um, Kentucky's four and zero and three and one against the spread. Um, Florida's one and three against the spread. Um, but it's just, yeah, I, I, I think you summed up Florida's season pretty well. And, and Florida's performance against Tennessee was a night game at home in the swamp. First, like, big game for the Florida at home on the year. And a game they kind of, like, really needed. Um, I think it's much easier for Florida to sleepwalk into this game. And now, granted, this is a rivalry. And uh, so, that like, Florida will be up for it. But Kentucky yes. is always up to play Florida. I mean, this happened last year, too. You know, Florida pulls out that miracle win against Utah in the Swamp, and then they get Kentucky in Week 3 and lose at home. Um, and, and so Kentucky is always very amped to play these games. I lean that side, too. Um, I The only problem with Kentucky's season so far is that they haven't played anybody. Um, 
Like they beat Vanderbilt forty-five to twenty-eight, but besides that, they played Akron, Directional State, and uh, another tomato can, uh, Ball State at the beginning of the year. So, um, yeah, I I lean Kentucky. I'm not going to play it. Uh, there's also I think an interesting split on this one, uh, total wise. Yeah, eighty-one percent of the cash is on the over at forty-four. I don't I don't see the optimism as much there because Florida hasn't really scored that. Like even. Last week they beat Charlotte twenty-two to seven, and then uh, the Tennessee game was obviously uh, you know I think did they have a defensive score in that game? Maybe I believe they did. I want to I want to say there was a fumble six somewhere in the second half. If I yeah, so like they got some help there. Remember, even then, even then they only got into the uh, yeah they didn't even get in the thirties. They won twenty-nine sixteen. So like you need. 44 isn't that that high a total. It's like an NFL total. Um, but I think there's a chance that this – like there's a chance this is a real slugfest, especially early, um, meaning early in the uh, – it's early in the day. Um, usually I feel like teams are just generally less awake. Um, so, I yeah, I the, the split there is a little strange, but I, I'm staying away from the sides here, uh, both, you know, spread and total. I – I don't really have a play. I lean Kentucky too. I like it. I like it. Uh, next one up, three thirty. Uh, Georgia at Auburn. Georgia's fourteen and a half point favorites over under is forty seven and a half. Do you have a play here, Mike? I do. I so ordinarily. Oh, okay. Yeah, this would be this would be a spot where I would just say take Georgia in the points. Ever like the past two years, you would say fourteen is ridiculous. Take Georgia in the points, but we saw what happened against South Carolina. That was the logic. You and I both took it at 27 and a half and we, we got burnt. Um, and so of, of note, Georgia is Owen four against the spread this year. They have them and Michigan are undefeated teams that have not won a single spread this year. Yeah. So I, um, that's, what's keeping me off of this line is 14 and a half. It's just, it's not that it, it's, it's not a lot, especially for Georgia against an Auburn team that just got beat by what? A and M. By A and M. Yeah. Seventeen. Um, Seventeen. Yeah. So, like, ordinarily, this would feel like a take take Georgia and the points, and don't worry about it. Um, but I'm gonna go with the over here. I think uh, Auburn's offense is a lot better than what they showed against Texas A and M. Um, even though they only like they scored ten points, they only scored fourteen against Cal. Both of those games are on, were on the road though, and they've performed far better at home. Granted, those two games were UMass and Auburn, or sorry, UMass and Samford. Uh, but if you get even like two, maybe three, t- if you get three touchdowns, you cover the the total here at over forty seven. Because you know I don't think anybody expects Georgia to lose this game. So, you know, if you get two scores, you probably hit the number. If you get three, you almost definitely do. So um, I'm counting on Auburn to put up a few points, especially in a home game uh, against a very heated rival. This is like an underrated rivalry in the SEC to me. Um, Really underrated because Auburn hasn't been very good for a while. But um, I I think they'll make this just frisky enough to get you over the total. I just need to see it with Georgia before I buy back in. as far as them covering huge spreads like this. 
So I'll, I'll say I lean the under just because SEC matchup with a good defense in Georgia kind of scares me. I also kind of lean, and I have two leans, so no, not plays, but I also lean Auburn plus 14 and a half here. I know that sounds weird. I just, Georgia's just not covering, and they're not playing like they want to cover the spread. They're playing like they don't give a shit about it. Um, they haven't thought about it. They haven't made it clear that they care what the spread is. Um and they've past two weeks they've let up some some points you know UAB scored twenty one on them uh, South Carolina scored fourteen not that that's you know an insane number um, but Georgia's letting up enough points where at least in the past two games this would lead you to believe the over is going to hit I like the under I think Auburn maybe stumbles a little bit here interconference SEC play Georgia's going to come out fired up Auburn did not look good last week if you were watching the game. Um, A and M, I mean, beat the snot out of them. Um, so you know, I, I'm not convinced that either way. Uh, I think 14 and a half is a little too many points for Auburn to have, but I also, you know, I'm not very confident in that either. Um, so I'll I'll play those leans and see how the day goes, and and maybe I'll I'll sprinkle something on it. But yeah, I don't I don't have a major play here just because I think. Both lines are so perfectly situated. It's going to be hard to gauge where this game is going to go, especially with Georgia not wanting to, to to score too much and cover these spreads. Yeah, it just feels like we're Georgia's going to have the one game this year where it's like what I would refer to as a pants down game, where you're mm-hmm. gonna, you're going to jump on the other side of Georgia and they're going to catch you. They're going to pull your pants down and just like. You're gonna be like, why? Why did I? Did I yeah, why did yeah. I think they wouldn't cover fourteen yeah, points? Exactly, and I. That's why I'm just. I, I'm not, especially that they're zero and four against the, the spread. I just, I'm not gonna take the other side unless I, unless there's some moment in the season where you can point to and be like, they're not the same team, and that hasn't happened yet because they just haven't played anybody that good. Um, South Carolina put up a good fight, but South Carolina also doesn't have an offensive line, so it's. Uh, it, yeah, I, it's hard to take anything away from that game. I think, you know, one bad half of football because they scored 24 in the second half or I think 21 or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I it it's going to happen. I don't know when it's, when it's coming, but there's going to be a game where Georgia just absolutely curb stomps a, a SEC team, and you're going to be like, damn it, why was I on the other side of it? Agreed, agreed. Uh, next game, LSU at Ole Miss. LSU's two-and-a-half-point favorite over under 67. Uh, no major weather concerns in Oxford Saturday at 6 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Mike, I'll let you go first on this one. I've started off uh, first on some of the other ones. Um, yeah, I'm on LSU here, minus two-and-a-half. This is less about LSU because LSU is, like, very Jekyll and Hyde this year. You know, obviously they have halves like they had in the second half against uh, Florida State. They also have games like they had against Mississippi State, and then they come back and nearly lose to Arkansas at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you just never know what you're going to get with this team right now. This is more about Ole Miss is pretty, I think, somewhat fraudulent. Um, Alabama did not look good at all in the first half of that game. They pulled away, you know, I think starting in the third quarter. but. Alabama, like Jalen Milrow threw one of the worst picks I've ever seen in the end zone, uh, down seven uh, in the first quarter. And just they could not get it going offensively. They could not run the football. They, the same Alabama issues that have been there the whole season were on full display in the first quarter. 
and even really the first half. And even then, Ole Miss could not take advantage of it. I I think Ole Miss's offense is severely overrated just because it's Lane Kiffin. Um, They have Mm -hmm. a good defensive line, but you can throw on them. And I think um, Jalen or Jaden Daniels, right? Jalen Daniels is the Kansas kid. And JT Daniels is at Rice. So Jaden Daniels. Uh, I think he's the kind of quarterback who can take advantage of this matchup. Um, LSU comes off a stinker against Arkansas. They've sort of bounced back and forth. So this, according to the schedule, should be a good week for them. And uh, and I think Vegas agrees with me here uh, based on the splits. Um, yeah, 82% of the cash is on LSU. 80% of the tickets are also on LSU. So it seems like everybody's on LSU, but this line hasn't moved, which is a little weird. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to take LSU. I, both these teams are really hit and miss. Um, Ole Miss kind of like same way. I mean, they got their butt beat by Bama uh, this past week. But, I mean, they played Mercer. They crushed them. You know, they I would call literally escape from Tulane. Um you know, yeah, barely having Michael won that Pratt game. Plays, they they don't win. They absolutely lose that game. I'm I'm so convinced. But obviously, the score doesn't reflect it. But the, but the point is, they looked shit for like three quarters at the Tulane game. They go to Georgia Tech. They they blow them out of the water by by you know 25 points. And then they're playing Bama and they look like crap again. I think it's the kind of same thing where Ole Miss is fluctuating as well. Uh, kind of how you were saying. I think LSU looked awful against Arkansas. Um, I think it kind of follows that same pattern. I'm actually, surprisingly, I'm going to take Ole Miss with the points here. It's not anything against LSU. I did. I was a little impressed with how the defensive line of Ole Miss played. Um, I, I've been keeping an eye on them. They're they're not a bad unit. I think they can give the Tigers trouble. Um, nothing about LSU has shown me that they're magnificent and that they deserve to be a heavy favorite, even against you know, Alabama, I think Alabama right now would be favored against them. Um, or at least within like a point. Um, so until LSU really shows me some consistency, um, and everything else, I'm going to take Ole Miss in a rivalry matchup at home, given points. So give me the two and a half Ole Miss. Uh, last game on the slate this week, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, last last game of the week on what we're on our I guess picks or our our best games of the week. Uh we got Notre Dame at Duke um in a ranked matchup, right? Duke is yeah, still is. Duke is still ranked. Yeah, Duke's um still. Notre Dame is five and a half point favorites. Over under is fifty two. Uh about ten mile an hour wins in Durham, but nothing else uh, of significance. Do you think Notre Dame recovers off of this one, Mike, or is this maybe a sneaky one that Notre Dame's overlooking? Uh, no, I don't think they'll overlook this game. I think they do recover. Um, I'm taking Notre Dame minus five and a half. It's kind of a square pick. Um, I think 69% of the tickets are on uh, Notre Dame, but 53% of the cash is on Duke, but that's still only a 50% split on the cash. Um and Duke's been good. Duke's been really good this year. You can't take anything like they dominated the teams that they're supposed to beat. Obviously, they had the big win against uh, Clemson to start the year. Obviously, yep. we're our opinion of Clemson is not that high. Um, 
but they've they destroyed Connecticut, Northwestern, and and Lafayette, which is what they were supposed to do. This is going to be a different test for Duke. I realize they get them at home, but Duke is not exactly a hostile environment, or at least I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it that. Mike Elko's no, going to have them ready to play, and they're going to play. I'm sure they're going to play well. It's just I think Notre Dame is way more talented, and I expect Hartman to rebound uh, in this game. I think if Notre Dame can run the football, they can definitely move the ball consistently uh, against Duke, who is playing really good defense, but this is a different animal. And Notre Dame has a very, very good offensive line in games where they're not playing another top five unit in the country. um, They're going to have a much easier time establishing the run. And I think they'll get back to what made them successful offensively. I think this goes one of two ways, like either Notre Dame just turtles and, and crashes or Notre Dame responds and has an impressive performance. So I think you you're if you're looking at this game, you're either on one side of that equation or the other. There's not to me there's not really a scenario where this game ends like at 6 or at 5. You know, either Notre Dame's going to win this game by two scores or this game's going to be a barn burner down the stretch. Um Yeah. So I I tend to lean on the side of Notre Dame is going to win this game by two scores just cuz I think This is the kind of like NC State-ish sort of game, like North Carolina last year sort of game where Notre Dame weathers the storm from a team that uh, from a team that's excited to have them in their building. They take the emotion out of the game. They establish the run and they pull away late by being a just a more talented team. Um, So I like Notre Dame to bounce back here. Also, that stadium, whatever Duke Stadium is called, because I honestly don't know is going to be filled with Notre Dame fans. This won't be a – like, Notre Dame always travels well. This will be not a home game, but this will be basically neutral site because Notre Dame is going to have so many people there. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, I I like Notre Dame in this spot. I, I do as well. Uh, I – look, I don't think very highly of Clemson. In fact, I think very poorly of Clemson this year. So I think Duke beating them is not – what we probably imagined it was in the beginning of the year. Um, I think Notre Dame is a very good team that should have probably, if they had played their hand better, beaten Ohio State. And I think somewhat that they shorted themselves via play calling, uh, really looking back on it. I, uh, Duke's, you know, blowing out UConn and Northwestern, like doesn't impress me at all. That's just like two historically bad teams. Um, hey, Northwestern beat Minnesota. Yeah, but that's also also remember how down I was on Minnesota to, to start this year. You and, were, and I was like, yeah, they'll be average. And no, not only did North Carolina dominate them when people were picking people were picking Minnesota plus six and a half to go into North Carolina, like Danny Cannell had them money line sprinkled to beat us at home, and Minnesota just lost to Northwestern at home. Like, what is wrong with people? It's <laughs> they're bad. Anyway, sorry, I had to had to get that off. No, they they are the I I don't disagree. Um, I, so the Duke does not impress me with the wins they've had. Now they play very well. I'm not going to shit on them. I just think Notre Dame is a tier higher in skill level. I think that comes onto the field in waves. I think Notre Dame travels very well. Uh, I think it's going to be beautiful weather. I think you're coming off a big loss, and you're going to look to maybe smack down a, a ranked team to come back up on top. So give me Notre Dame minus five and a half. I am probably also taking an alternate line of like nine and a half 
maybe even a sprinkle on like a 13 and a half, pick out those football numbers. Um, Cause I do think Notre Dame will win this pretty handsomely, to be honest with you. I think we'll walk out of this going, ah, okay. Duke was a nice little ranked team for a hot minute and then we'll be, we'll be done with it. Uh, uh, That, that feels like um, Colorado week two when they were like three point favorites against Nebraska. And we were, we said, take them at 18 and a half. Yeah. 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 This is, this is one of the lines that stands out to me. I'll I'll go ahead and say, I'll probably make this a two or three unit play as well. Like I just, I might, I might, well, this might be one I add to later in the day. um, If I'm still in Virginia um, before this game kicks. All right, Mike, you want to go first or second on picks rapid fire. Uh, I can go first. Uh, okay. Last week I went six and four. I'm thirty and eighteen on the year. That's sixty three percent up twelve units. Um, so that's fun. Uh, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it rolling this week. Um, have not by the way, haven't had a losing set of college football or the NFL any week. Have, that's impressive. Yeah, I I don't know how that's happening. Trust me, I don't. Like this is this show is called Stupid versus Spread for a reason. Um, but it's <laughs> happening. So take, take that for what it's take worth. note. Um, I, to start, I I'm on another game Friday night, NC state plus plus one twenty seven. I got burnt by NC state last week. They played, um, Calandria. I thought they were going to play Tony musket. Um, they played Calandria and Virginia was in a spot where they had a chance to actually win that game. Um, I think that that performance coupled with Louisville's, uh, season so far has this line significantly devalued. I NC State should not be a home dog to Louisville. I don't understand. Like, I get it. Brennan Armstrong has not been what everybody thought he would be. NC State did not look that good in a funky game against Notre Dame. I go back to the same thoughts I had last week and just add to them again because they just didn't look good against Virginia. Now I'm off the train. If they lose this game at home on a Friday night to Louisville, I'm completely off NC State. I shouldn't be on them anyway because I hate them, but uh, I I just don't see how NC State NC State is a more talented team, pure and simple. Louisville is a nice story; they're undefeated, but they haven't played anybody. And I I just don't see they beat Boston College fifty six to twenty eight. Congratulations! That was also the week after Florida or Boston College lost that heartbreaker to Florida State. Like that was a complete letdown spot, and Louisville took advantage of it. Otherwise, they beat Indiana by seven. And they beat Georgia Tech by why can't I do math right? Five. Like, those are two bad power five teams. And NC State is not that bad. Um there they shouldn't this should be a pick of my worst. And I think NC State should be favored here. So I have uh NC State, I got money line. Um, I'm trying to look up what it's at currently. Uh, when I, when I wrote it down, it was at plus 127. Um, yeah, now it's at plus 141 according to PFF. So like, I, I don't understand why this line is where it is. I'm going to take NC state plus 127. Um, Oregon state minus three and a half. We talked about already, uh, Purdue or sorry, Penn state Northwestern under 46. Um, Penn state's defense is nasty. Um, their offense still has some question marks, especially in the offensive line. They've got NFL talent, but they haven't played like it this year. They really haven't been able to run the football. Um, 
Northwestern had a good quarter against Minnesota offensively. Besides that, they've been absolutely atrocious this year, and they haven't played a defense as good. So I, this Penn State is at Northwestern. This is one of those 11 a.m. and Evanston kicks uh, where I think Penn State might sleepwalk a little through this game. But even still, they are not going to surrender. They sleptwalk through Illinois and still beat – they beat them 30-17 to 17 or – what was it, 30 – 31, 17, something like that with, uh, and they, that was, that's 48, I think 47, 48. Yeah. So this, this total being at 46, Illinois is a better team than Northwestern. I don't see how the total gets to 46 here. I think there's a good chance Penn state shuts them out. They just shut out Iowa. Um, and I I would say Mm -hmm. even as bad as Iowa is, their offense is probably better than, uh, Northwestern. So uh, like, the bottom line is you need at least 10 points to even come close to this number from Northwestern. And I, I just don't think you get it. And even that, even if you do get 10 points from Northwestern, Penn state still has to go out there and score 36 points on their own. And I just like, I don't see that happening. Uh, so give me the under there. I'm going to take Cal minus 12. Uh, Drew Pine got hurt for Arizona state in this win. This line is purely a function of Cal got their ass beat by Washington, who might be the best team in the country. And USC slept walk through a game against Arizona State. That's the only reason why this number is where it is. Um, this this should be like 14 and a half, 17, somewhere in there. Cal favorite, especially at home. Drew Pine's not going to play. Rashada's not going to play. I don't even know who's going to play quarterback for Arizona State. And they're playing a bunch of community college players because they have so many injuries everywhere else. Um, Arizona State's going to get dominated in this game. I think Cal bounces back. This feels like an easy winner. Uh, Cal minus 12. I'm going to take Illinois in a pick at Purdue. Um, Illinois is a better team than Purdue, pure and simple. Purdue has lost to uh, Fresno State, and they lost to another G5 team at home. Um, and meanwhile, Purdue's losses this year have been to good teams. Uh, so I – like, yeah, to pick them, yes, Illinois is on the road. West Lafayette is – especially this year has not been a difficult place to play. Um, oh yeah, no, sorry. They didn't Purdue lost by 15 at home to Syracuse. Syracuse might be good, but Purdue's not that a really good team. It might be pretty bad. Uh, and Illinois defensive front is very good. Uh, might be one of the best in the big 10. And, uh, they just like, if Luke Altmaier just doesn't throw four picks, like they might, they, they might be pretty decent offensively too. So, uh, I think this, like, Illinois is not the same team as Purdue. I, this, I, it shouldn't be a pick them knowing the way mm-hmm. this goes, they'll probably lose, but I don't understand the logic there. Uh, give me Illinois uh, in a pick them on the road. Um, we talked about Georgia Auburn over 47. I'm going to take Nebraska plus 10 at the first half. I've seen different lines. Um, I, I see nine. I see 10. My thought process here is Michigan literally has not played a road game this year. They have not left Ann Arbor. Um, They haven't played anybody good. Like Rutgers was the best team that they've played this year, um, which is awful. Uh, Nebraska, we saw what they did against Colorado. Their offense is bad. Their defense has actually been very good. Um, They've kept them in the games that they've played and been close in. They've been in because of their defense. Their defense has been very good. The only game that really got out of hand was Colorado, and that's because they just couldn't do anything offensively. And you keep putting your defense on the field over and over and over again, and they're going to get, you know, right. You're they're going to get tired and they're going to fall. Exactly. So, um, 
I this is a, a the first road game for Michigan. It's in a difficult place to play in Lincoln. They will be fired up for this game. They always like Nebraska fans always come out. It doesn't matter how bad they are. Um, I could see a world where this gets out of hand early. I think it's more likely that this gets out of hand late and that Nebraska is able to stay in this game early. So give me the 10 points up to the up to the half. I think they keep it somewhat close early and then lose late. Um, Kansas plus 16 and a half at Texas. Uh, this is just a Texas is going to Texas these games. I'm just I'm also just ping ponging back and forth on Texas against the spread. I've been uh, on it the past two weeks. Uh, and it's really worked out. You know, last week it was Baylor. They were 14 points, 14 point favorites going to Baylor. They went 38 to three. The week before it was Wyoming going to Austin, coming off the big win against Alabama. Wyoming was, it was a six point game in the third quarter. They just, Texas feels very predictable at this point. Um, this is a look ahead spot to uh, the Red River game next week. And Texas has always plays Kansas down to their level. Uh, and Jalen Daniels has been playing really well. They covered their 10-point spread against BYU last week. Um, I think Kansas gives them all they can handle. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this game is very close in the fourth quarter, but I'll take the 16 and a half. Um, I, I think, it, you know, obviously Texas wins by 14, you still cover. So uh, I, I'm not saying Kansas wins, but I think Kansas can definitely keep this at, you know, within 16 and a half points. Uh, we talked about LSU. We talked about Notre Dame. And the last one is Washington. Washington is an absolute wagon. Uh, they are 18-point favorites at Arizona. Um, Arizona's better. They played Mississippi State tough, but they're still not a very good football team. Washington didn't cover against Tulsa by half a point. Other than that, they are destroying spreads, absolutely destroying spreads. Um, I'm going to keep riding Washington until they prove me wrong. Uh, I, I think they go out and absolutely dominate this game. They have, I think, Oregon as their next game, but there's a bye week. So this isn't a look-ahead spot. Um, so they're going to go out and continue to get their reps. They have three NFL wide receivers and an NFL quarterback. Like, they, there's no reason they shouldn't dominate this game. So give me that's my uh, big play of the week, Washington minus 18. I'm going to keep riding. I'm also on Washington minus 18. I think you covered it pretty well. Um, they are a wagon. They are sneaky good in the sense that they might be the best team of the Pac-12, and no one has really started to talk about them until this past week. Um, so I got my eye on them for more than just, um, you know, a, a good team look. I think that they could – there's a chance they run the table and look really, really good for the college football playoff. Uh, I'm also that going game, to take – That game yeah, against go ahead. Oregon is going to be – Huge. The shit. I can't. Mm -hmm. That game is going to be like that game is going to be fucking awesome. If you're not if you're not watching the Pac-12, the Pac-12 this year has been fantastic. Yeah, they, two weeks they play Oregon, and that game is going to be bananas. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. It probably will decide the Pac-12 aside from USC's matchup with those two teams. Um, other games, I'm taking Louisiana Tech over UTEP. UTEP stinks. Uh, I was way wrong on them this year. They lost some pretty key people, and I didn't realize it in our preseason talks. Uh, so I was high on UTEP. Um, I'm out, and I'm so far out that give me uh, Louisiana Tech plus one. I don't think UTEP pulls it off at home. Uh, Tulane minus 21 and a half. Uh, Michael Pratt is healthy. Tulane is looking to be the best team in the G5. It's looking like they probably will. I think most people believe that at this point, uh, so long as Pratt stays healthy. Give me Tulane minus 21 and a half, destroying an in-conference rival. Uh, give me Syracuse plus seven uh, against Clemson. Syracuse is at home. 
uh, noon kick. Clemson sucks. Uh, I think Syracuse, who's undefeated currently, can keep it within seven for sure. Uh, Arizona State at Cal. Give me Cal minus 12. Cal is a very good team. They haven't been playing like it. Uh, they had a pretty disappointing loss against Washington this past weekend. I think they're going to bounce back against an Arizona State team who's one and four. Um, one and, and four re- doesn't have a quarterback. Doesn't have a quarterback. Hasn't played good at all, etc. Uh, South Florida plus four against Navy at home. Uh, Navy's at home. Excuse me. Um, South Florida looked pretty good. They beat Rice uh, this past week as a slight underdog. Uh, they kept Bama to 17 points, which kind of surprised everybody. That was that one where it went to um, before halftime. It was a rain delay, and and they were up three nothing. Um, so I think they've been playing defense well. They won a game against FAMU. Um, kept it, you know, they've been playing decent. I think Navy kind of stinks. Uh, the triple option probably keeps this number under 54 and a half as well. If you like that, um, but I don't see much from Navy this year either. Uh, honestly, any of the uh, academies this year, I think have been playing pretty terribly except for air force. Uh, and that is the slate of my picks. Uh, that has been stupid versus the spread. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in, like, and subscribe. And we do uh, one show each week for college and NFL talk about all the upcoming games. So it's a perfect way to start your week. We're getting ready for football. Like, and subscribe. Thanks for watching.